Good morning, everyone. My name is Ben. I'm so glad you're here today for a special service. If you are a regular Four Corners attender, you're going to love today. If you're our guest, you get to hear what is one of the heartbeats of this place. This church believes in kids and student ministries, and we put our money and our time where our mouth and our heart is on those values. And today, since it's the first Sunday after student mission camp, we wanted you to hear some stories of how God showed up, what he did in the lives of several of these people, and what he's done in the lives of several of our leaders. Melissa, as we get rolling, tell everybody what Student Mission Camp is, and then I've got a couple things to tell everybody. Okay. Um, it is a hybrid of a mission trip and church camp, which I love. It's brilliant, um, especially for kids in middle school and high school. So they, we go to a college campus. We went to Covenant College. It's on top of um, Mount Lookout in Georgia. If you've driven on 75, you see the castle on the hill. That's where we were. So we live in the dorms. We eat in the cafeteria. Um, it's great. So in the mornings, we have quiet times. We have, um, we have a morning service that's kind of hyped up, get everybody excited excited for the day. But what's different about this camp is that instead of doing rec games all day, which would be fun, we actually go out on the mission field from about 11 o'clock till about 3 o'clock. So we had four mission sites. Um, afterwards, they had some free time. They had um, small groups with their small group leaders. Um, and we had a fantastic service at night. Great communicator all week. Really great worship all week. Um, and then my favorite part was after the worship service at night, we had our family group time. So they literally put us in a lecture hall because there were so many of us. And the kids had a chance to share um, how God moved in them and through them that day. Um, they encouraged each other, and uh, they definitely encouraged us. So today is all about our church family, specifically about our students. But right after this service, we have a handful of families in our church family that are celebrating new life that God has brought into their family, new babies. In fact, I have a picture of that right now for you. You guys want to see that this? Aww. Yeah, exactly. They're so much cuter than those of us on stage. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You're all past the awe stage. All right, so these little babies God has given them as gifts into this congregation, into families. They're part of our church family. And today, after our service, we're feeding them lunch and talking about the gift of God that is these children. And we're talking to parents as they dedicate their children to God. Now, dedication doesn't save a child. But it acknowledges that this, these babies were not by accident born into these families. That God chose these babies to be in these families. And our church gets the benefit of partnering with these parents to help raise these kids. And so we're really excited for you to be here. If you're a family member or a guest of a family member relative to those kids on the screen, would you stand with us right now? We just want to acknowledge you and welcome you in the room. Yeah, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. You guys could be seated. I'll be seeing you later, and we'll be celebrating this amazing gift into your family, into our church family. Now, speaking of church family, in the end of the month, on June 25th, it's a Sunday night, from 4 to 7.30 p.m., we'll feed dinner. We're going to be talking about what it means to be a member of this church. And at the end of that time, for folks who have come, they're going to have the decision whether or not they want to be a part of our church family in a formal way. Now, in our culture... In our culture, they teach people, the culture teaches people, that really everything you're involved in should be all about you. But that's not Christianity. Christianity says you do get your needs met, but you're really part of a larger family. And for the next couple of moments, I'd like you to turn your eyes to the screen as we talk about what it means to be a part of God's family in a formal way. Pay attention to this. It's... It's common these days for people to talk about, you know, loving God or loving Jesus, but not really loving the church or really his people. Or, you know, I love God, but I just don't like organized religion, you know, and that's perfectly understandable because there have been so many instances where particular churches or people in churches have really hurt people. So a lot of people, uh, when they think about, you know, loving Jesus and his people, they don't really love his people because they've had really hard experiences. And so it absolutely is possible for someone to love Jesus, but not his people yet. But that's not what we're called to. And I think when I meet somebody who's in that place, I want to help them to see how that's a little bit illogical. And here's why. When we are adopted by Jesus into his family, just like a, a regular adoption. So if my, me and my wife adopted a child, uh, that child, when it, when it becomes a part of our family, they not only have a new relationship with us and that we're father and mother to that child, they also have a relationship to my son and to my current daughter, right? They now have a brother and a sister and they can't just 
claim my name, like, oh, those are my parents, and have my last name, and ignore their brother and sister. There have been a lot of relationships that have changed. So that when we become Christians, there's an identity change, and that now we belong to Jesus, we're in his family. But also there's an identity change in that now we have a lot of brothers and sisters and we cannot claim Jesus and then ignore the brothers and sisters that we now have. That's part of what it means to be in the family. And of course, there are a ton of commands about how we're supposed to interact with each other as family. So I often understand what people are when they say that, but I want to help them see the inconsistency of it, especially that one of the main things that Jesus, who's adopted us, calls us to is to love one another, not to forsake the gathering of ourselves together, you know, not to you know, close our heart towards one another. Uh, and if we really love Jesus, then we're going to grow in our love for his people because those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, our love for Jesus shows up in love for his people. So today you're going to hear about some of our church family. And the reason why I want you to do this is because, why I want you to be a part of this is I want you to hear, again, our heartbeat for the next generation. We don't think that students and kids are simply the church for tomorrow. We believe they're a part of the church today. And have you ever thought about this? Do you realize that Christianity is just never more than one generation away from dying? If we don't do our jobs of valuing, investing in, and raising up godly young men and women, then Christianity, God's work in this world, suffers. And so it's on us as a church. And this church, if you're our guest, you're going to discover this if you hang around for any length of time at all. This church takes that very seriously. Will, tell everybody who might be a guest here today and remind everybody else what it was that this church did in a big way to invest in these kids that are on stage and in those seats right here. Yeah, what we did as a church was we had a student auction. And what that meant was each student who was going to camp was had to not just uh, put forth effort and, and make the effort happen, but also they had to give a skill or a talent. And then our church family gathered around, rallied, and came to the student auction, and we raised almost enough money to send every single kid to camp fully funded. Uh, and that's pretty unique for uh, this environment to have us come together to use our resources to send, how many was it? 80, 87. 87 total people to student camp because of the generosity of this place and the generosity of this church. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So above and beyond normal giving that pays for lights and all that sort of stuff, $27,000 was raised by you. And as a pastor, I'm incredibly grateful. This is a gift to all of you that gave. This is a gift to those of you who support this church, who invest in this place, because your investment is not wasted. For the last several months, Pastor Melissa, Pastor Will here on the stage have been deeply investing in our student ministries. And you've heard a little bit about what church camp was, but you don't yet know the impact. Melissa, start telling us a little bit about the impact of this place for you as a leader as you watched what happened this week. I loved watching the things that we've been teaching them and leading them in our small groups over the last several months. We've really focused in on following God, fo listening to him, believing him, not just believing in him. And the fact that he will direct your path if you seek him, you will find him. All these verses we been repeating, repeating, repeating. And I love it. We've even gone through Paul's journey and talking about how God literally directed his path, not where he thought he was going, but somewhere else. And because he was obedient in that, that he changed the world. He took the gospel places he never took before. So these kids have been hearing all this over the last few months, but to get to see them in action and living that out, I was so proud. I can't, I just can't even describe it. Yeah. So Tuesday night, I drove down so that on Wednesday I could hang out with Melissa, with the students, and uh, just kind of see what was, what was going on. And I got to tell you, as a pastor, uh, I've rarely been more proud to be a part of a church like this. To see uh, 15 adults, 15 adults made time, took a whole week off work, many of them, took vacation time to come invest. In fact, if you're a leader who went on this trip, would you just quickly raise your hand? Guys, would you let me say thank you to Woo! them? Woo! Incredible. Incredible. Thank you for your investment. And um, I got to see our students go to these mission sites. And we want to tell you about them because, again, this wasn't all fun and games. It wasn't like they just had a great time and they come back all fired up. No, no, no. They did work. God worked through them as well as working in them. You're going to hear stories about. Tell everybody about what the mission camp part was. Where did we go serve mm -hmm. in that inner city area of Chattanooga? We had four mission sites because we had so many kids. Um, the first one was a food bank. We had most of our younger kids there. So these are kids that just finished fifth 
and sixth grade. Now, you know, you could have gone either way. These guys rocked it. They pretty much took over. Um, they had assembly lines built. The people there said, you know, this is why we do it. This is what the goal is. And our kids came up with the systems, and they worked, worked, worked. So literally, I showed up, and they said, here, we need you to tie bags. Here, we need you to do this. And we're like, okay. So we did it. In fact, one of our fifth grade girls, and I don't know if she's here or not, but um, Natalie Cope, she's uh, about this tall, fifth grader. By the end of the week, we had a picture on our video of her. She was on the computer in their offices. And when I asked her what she was typing, she said information of people that want to get help. Um, I think it was like social security numbers or something. <laughs> and she was in the fifth grade. So that was the food bank. Um, the second thing was we had um, an apartment Real complex. Quick, if okay. you served in the food bank, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way to go, guys. Nice. Way to go. Love it. Um, we also went to Battery Heights, Heights Apartment Complex. This is a very low-income uh, area of Chattanooga. It's an apartment complex. Now, this one right here was really impressive to me because there was no structure. Food Bank and the rec centers had a little structure to work in. This one, literally, there was a pavilion within this complex. Um, our kids showed up, and they put on a vacation Bible school type thing for three days. They had everything from three-year-olds up to about 14-year-olds. They did skits that they made up. They did Bible stories. They did crafts with them. They played games. Um, they had a lot of fun with them for three days, um, and that one was just unbelievable. If you served at Battery Heights, raise your hand. That's incredible, yeah. Melissa, is it true that at Battery Heights, um, one of the things that made that environment extra hard was, is this where there were some parents, some kids who lost their parents? That's the next one. That's the next one. Tell us about that one. All right, the Westside Recreation Center is located in Chattanooga, and it has the highest um, violent crime rate in the area. Um, it's a really tough, literally, you're in um, housing projects, there's a rec center in the middle. The rec center provides um, days not daycare, but day activities for kids living in there. Um, and so they had um, seven of their kids lost a parent or a family member to, to violence this year. It's a tough area. And they're a little bit hard, but you know what? Our kids walk in, and within an hour, they're sitting on laps, they're braiding hair, they're playing basketball. Um, and they, t they broke them in. This was a little bit of an unruly crowd, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> They broke them into small groups, and our high school students led them in small groups, Bible studies and uh, stories and testimonies and crafts, and they played games with them. It was unbelievable. Will was there. Yeah. This is where you served. Well, this is Westside. So mm -hmm. if you served at Westside, would you raise your hand? Yeah, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. Yeah. And you led someone to Christ there. Yeah, kid. I did. Yeah. yeah. Pretty That's cool. incredible. We'll tell, cool. we'll tell that story in a sure. minute. But okay. Tell me about the fourth place where we started. Okay, the fourth place was the um, South Chattanooga Rec Center. This place had a little bit more of a structure. Um, they had four rotations of kids going around to different areas. And what our kids did is they came in for the one-on-one -on -one relationship part of it. So they followed the same kids around to the different rotations over the three days. Um, they read stories to them. They sat and read books. They, they, told, um, they told kids about themselves. They learned about the kids. And they, they just um, absolutely loved it. It played games, and um, they were a huge help. In fact, when we left there, they asked us to come back again next year, and they said next year they'd give us the window to be able to really teach Bible stories, which this year they did not. Which is incredible. So if you served at this location, would you raise your hand? Yeah. Woo. We're impressed. Now, here's what you need to know. At, at, at our church, and the reason we partnered with this camp, is we believe that God has a call on each person's life. It's true for you in the seats today. God has a call on your life. Now, that may not be how you earn a living. You may earn money differently. But your call is, is that role you're supposed to play in the kingdom of God. God has uniquely equipped you, wired you, set you up, give you passions to do the thing he's called you to do. And we want kids to know that there's nothing this world can offer that's better than what God can offer. So there's a powerful passage in Jeremiah, the prophet in the Old Testament. We're going to look at it on the side screens right now. It's in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. God was calling Jeremiah to be a voice, to speak sometimes truths that people don't want to hear. And he was a little nervous about it. And so in Jeremiah chapter 1, you get the emotional side of Jeremiah's call. And Jeremiah has thrown up an excuse to God and said, I can't go. I'm too young. I'm too young to go. Send somebody older, more wise, you know, more experienced. And here's what the Lord says to Jeremiah. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. 
Now this week, these students got to experience what it means to be sent. And it wasn't always comfortable. There was, you know, the first little bit, it can be a little, like, what are we doing? And who, who goes first? And how, what, what are we supposed to do? And so beyond just the logistics of it, which your team did incredible with, there's just the fear of, like, how do I engage people? But you would be so proud of if you have a kid of your child. And if, if this is part of your church, you would be so proud of how they stepped up and while they were learning in their worship services that God was with them, they can talk to God, they'll never be alone, they were experiencing at mission camp that they can be used by God to make a difference. Yeah. So, Melissa, would you begin to introduce the folks that are on stage here and maybe help us hear some of how God worked in their lives as well as through their lives? I would love that. Mackenzie, you want to go first? This is Mackenzie Cartmel. She just graduated. Um, and Mackenzie served at the Westside Rec Center. You want to share with everybody um, the impact that this camp had on you, whether it was what God did through you or in you? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I have an awesome story from the mission site. But um, also, during the um, worship night on the third night, he broke down, the pastor broke down um, the Lord's Prayer. And I never fully understood you know, every part of it until that night. And um, I learned the power of prayer as he um, explained to us, like, to forgive your debtors. And he had us pray um, to literally forgive whatever was laying heavy on our hearts. And for me, that was myself because um, I, I didn't know what my purpose was for a long time. And I was being really hard on myself. And I was going through a rough time until that night at camp I was I was kind of a wreck, and um, that night I forgave myself, and I came to um, being content with, even if I don't know what my calling is, I, I still have Jesus, and I can talk to him, and I literally was in tears talking to him, and I forgave myself, and I felt his presence, and it was just a really powerful moment. That's, That's awesome. incredible. That's incredible. Now, there was something else that happened. You had an amazing experience in serving. Yes. Tell us about that. At the mission sites? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, there was this little girl named Lauren. She was nine years old, I believe, and she had a pretty good life at home. She didn't live in the um, apartments that the rec center was in. And I just got to talking to her, and she told me that she went to church and that she sort of knew who Jesus was. And, you know, I asked her, are you ready? Like, do you want to um, have him as your friend forever? And he'll be there for you, and you can walk with him. And... Um, you'll live like a really powerful life through him. And she said, yeah, I, I really want to do that. And I was like, okay, do you know when you want to do that? And she's like, right now, we can, we can do that right now. And I was like, okay. So we went outside and found Pastor Will. And um, he had her repeat some things. And she repeated. And right then and there, right before my eyes, she accepted Jesus into her heart. And that was really amazing to see. That's incredible. Yeah. And this is where God's people give a hand clap of praise. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So here's the thing. They go to get, you know, filled up. And what happens is God again begins to use them. This is a spiritual truth that you'll never get away from. If you're ever feeling dry spiritually, one of the ways to kind of get your wick wet again is to jump into ministry. You'd like jump into the deep end and start serving people. And God will refresh what he's done in your own life. Give us a few more stories. All right, who's got a microphone over there? Nathan, you want to go next? Sure. Can you share about the um, Battery Heights apartments and the cool story with the kid and his dad? Yeah, so okay. before I start about that, I want to shout out my mission team leaders, Sophia Stiefel, Ben Gillins, and Chris Flick for making this an awesome trip. <laughs> and they're truly the majority reason why it's so awesome. All right. So... I didn't really know what my purpose was going into this because it was my first time doing a mission trip or any sort of thing outside of Cincinnati. And so it was actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And when we went there the second day, this kid, Jacob, happiest kid you'll ever meet, puts a smile on your face whenever you see him. And so he came back the third day saying, hey, last night I told my dad about Jesus and God. and what he said that God wasn't real. And for me, that kind of hit hard because that was our purpose to share the love of Jesus and go to make disciples. And so the next day, on the third day, he accepted Jesus. Wow. That was pretty and cool. again, we give that up. That's good. That's good. That's really good. Now, was there another piece that you were going to share? 
Um, did you want to share the first one about how what you did there and what how it impacted you, the service and all that? You talked about that earlier. Yeah, so our calling as followers of Christ is to go and make disciples of all nations in the name of Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. And getting baptized in January, uh, that made a huge impact in mission camp, going and making five more disciples and kids accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior there. Yeah. Yes, so over the week, Will, there was yeah. five students. Yeah. Talk about that. That's what did awesome. that feel like? It, it was awesome. As Mackenzie shared her story, you're, you're sitting in front of a nine-year-old girl who has the basics, has the concept that Jesus loves her, that Jesus has a plan for her, and praying and saying, God, I accept you into my heart, making that adult decision as a young nine-year-old. There, there's a certain power to that uh, that is really hard to describe and explain. It was so cool seeing people's lives change right before your eyes. Israel. Yeah, and don't, don't underestimate the power of a decision made like that. I was five the first time I prayed and asked Jesus to be a part of my life. I certainly didn't understand it all, but he moved into my life in a way that I couldn't even appreciate until much later. You know, the statistics are the average person that comes to Christ. So if you take all the people in the last, you know, say 100 years, that decision for Christ, to follow Christ with their life was made before they were 15 years old. It's like 74% of people made that decision before they were 15. This is an important time in the life of people in Four Corner Church. This is why we make such a big deal about kids and student ministries. It's not that we're unimportant, but the truth is, is all of us older people, we're gonna die pretty soon. I mean, some of you, it's like, calm down. Some of you, it's like, you know, it's like a year. And for others of us, it's gonna be, you know, four or five years. But ultimately, our job is to make the gospel, to make the gospel shine, to make Jesus's message clear. Because God's work in this world is the biggest legacy we'll, live, we'll leave. And so these students are catching that. They're not just getting entertained. Like, you know what that does? That makes for weak Christians. But they're getting a chance to serve and strengthen their spine spiritually and watch God work in their lives, yeah, and fill their buckets, but also to serve out and, and help other people. Give us a few more stories. All right. Can you hand the microphone to Brayden for a minute? So Brayden, this is Brayden. Brayden was literally born here at this church. He's just finished the fifth grade, and he was a rock star. He was one of the two younger ones that was not, they weren't at the food bank. They actually were at the South uh, Chattanooga Rec Center. Um, and that really put them out of their comfort zone because a lot of the kids there were their age, um, maybe a little bit older, a little younger, um, but they absolutely did it. Tell everybody what you told me about how you believe God used you in that, um, in that site. As soon as we walked in, some of the older kids were like, eh, who cares? But the little kids, their eyes lit up with joy because they actually knew someone cared about them. They, because at home their lives are really rough and they don't usually get that much love. And every day when you came back, what was it like? They were pretty happy to see yeah. you, right? Yeah, every day got better and better. They came back with more and more stories every single time that they were there. I was really, really proud of you, really proud. To watch our kids get a bigger perspective of the world and how sin is a real problem. And it shows up in a variety of ways. And you could look into these kids' lives and you could see kind of this fight for each child that God had a plan and purpose. And yet the culture, the world, their situation was stacked against them. And to watch our kids engage that battlefield was just beautiful. Give us more. All right, um, Meredith, um, you've got your book with you, I think. Um, we, did, we had some quiet time, and we also had some small groups going on, talking a lot about the theme of the week, which was the, the word. Um, and Meredith, you said that you really got into um, to the theme and to the talk, and you took a lot of notes. What did you learn this week? Well, this week in the um, sermons, the well, first off, the worship, it would, and then serving in the mornings, it completely set the tone for the day. You were prepared spiritually for what the pastor was going to say that night. And so on one of the nights, he was talking about the Lord's Prayer. And that I've heard before, but this time, the way he said it and the fact that I had spent the whole day learning and working for him, it just resonated with me differently and it hit me harder than it had before. 
Love it. Awesome. All right, let's hear from Cole real quick. Cole, you want to tell everybody how, how this trip changed you or one of your experiences? Well, it changed the way I worship here pretty much. Um, so started off, I heard God's voice multiple times throughout uh, the camp. It was pretty much once a day, and that was during worship. So it's pretty easy to come back and just sing along with the words, and it's really nice to, to, uh, to do that. That's cool. A bunch of you guys said that uh, the worship was so, it was really pretty intense. You're in this environment away from your family, away from your friends, away from their cell phones, and they're, they're really, they're singing out. And several of the kids said, hey, it's kind of like a prayer. It's like you're talking to God. It's like, yes, that's it. Um, so watching them not wait until the third night to kind of let go and, and, and sing, but the first night we were there, um, they were in, and it was just um, it was amazing. So thank so, you. So um, I know we got a couple more, but I, I drove up Tuesday night, mm -hmm. and uh, I have family that lives about 40 minutes from where the camp was being held. So I picked up my sister and her husband, and we drove up to the camp to just say hi to everybody. And I'm talking to them about last year's experience and just how powerful it was. And we pull onto campus, and I'm just kind of talking about it. We get out, and we start walking, and you guys are coming out of service. Mm -hmm. And I just stood there, and I... I like to think I'm a tough guy, but I just was bawling like a baby. And I, I'm trying to say hi and not, like, indicate anything's wrong because there's nothing, nothing was wrong. But to just know that uh, these students were being invested and they were open to the move of God. Nothing, nothing warms a pastor's heart like people being open to God. And I was thrilled that they were sitting there hearing the Word of God preached and singing songs about how great our Heavenly Father is and how present He is and how aware He is. And uh, man, it just, it warmed my heart. And then to hear these stories, um, when I drove around with my dad uh, to visit all the mission sites, it was just incredible to watch our kids. We went first to the uh, Chattanooga Food Bank and we hit them right at lunchtime and we pulled up and they're just kind of pulling their lunches out of their bags and stuff. But there was just, um, well, first of all, they looked exhausted because um, <laughs> they had worked. I mean, they had worked yep. physically physically worked and they had stayed up you know along the night before that's part of youth camp too but then as I was just kind of talking with him there was just a joy yeah. there's just a joy that comes when you serve out into God's world through God's power mm -hmm. um, but then when I sat with you guys at family time which was at the end of the night uh -huh. so this was Wednesday night and I heard them talking about how God had worked in their lives I knew that you had to hear part of that story so we have a couple more Yep, we got one more. All right, John. So John is a man of few words. Um, and uh, I would say, you know, some kids came out of their shell this week, really stepped out of their comfort zone, um, which was great. But no one did it like John. John exploded out of his comfort zone. And uh, to the point where when Pastor Ben and his dad and I, we went over to that site, and it was the Battery Heights apartment. So there's this pavilion, and there's kids, and they're a little hectic. And uh, we start walking back towards the car. And I hear this voice. And I literally went, stop, right now, stop, turn around. So we turned around, we went back to look. And lo and behold, if John isn't leading this group, um, leading them, kneel down next to this kid and talking to him and leading the group in a game or in a, in a thing. And I was so proud of you, so amazing. But it wasn't just that. God did something amazing in you this week. You want to tell everybody what that, what that was? Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> this is going to kind of start as a story. Not long. I like their stories. Um, <laughs> but, Thanks, John. Um, He's out. <laughs> so earlier, Mackenzie was talking about, like, how finding our purpose and stuff like that. I know a lot of people have those issues in this room. Like, no one is perfect. No one can always know what they're doing with their life. But we had a guest speaker, and I think his name was Norbs. We all love Norbs. And um, he was from the Compassion. Did you talk about Compassion? No, not in this one. Right. Compassion is an organization that may, lets you sponsor a child from any like, high poverty area like Africa, or like refugee camps, things like that. And he was a product of this, Norbs himself. And he was running around speaking with this group. And his story was really tragic. And he, he was talking about his life and how he accepted God through, through this sponsorship and having people love him and having God love him. And that really impacted me like, amazingly. But a lot of stories can just impact you. And at the end of it, at the end of his story, another speaker came in that was representing compassion. And he said, let's pray for this. And a lot of people, they say, let's pray. And they say, let's pray with me. And they start leading the prayer. But he said, pray for this. And he just gave us like five whole minutes of silence, of just deep silence. Everyone was bowing their heads. 
and we all had to pray in our own minds. And in that moment, I kind of realized it clicked. I was talking to God in those five minutes. I was having this conversation with him, and I've never done that before. I've never talked to God. And that was just hitting me all at the same moment, and I was finding my purpose. I found who I wanted to be, not what I want to do, but just who I am. And that was impacting me all at the same moment. And then during worship, even I was crying. And I know Luke was right next to me. He was smiling at me the whole time. And I was bawling my eyes out because I was finding all this stuff out about myself. And I was coming closer to God in that entire moment. And I remember after the service, um, I was talking to Jesus. He's here now. And I was still interpreting everything I was going through, this whole rush of emotions. And he asked me, did you accept um, Jesus into your heart, and he, he asked me that question. Remember, I was thinking about it, I said, I don't know. And then, I think I said yes, but I still, I didn't know. And then later in the night, I was rooming with Will, and we were talking for like maybe an hour, it was like midnight. And, and I was talking to him, I said, I did. And in that whole hour of worship, I accepted Jesus, I accepted God in my heart, and I just knew who I was. And I'm just, I'm thankful for all the leaders here, especially Jesus, especially Will, and Sophia. And I'm glad Melissa was here to lead that as well. And I'm glad I got to go to camp for that reason. Isn't yeah. that awesome? That's amazing. You know, we're big fans of education around here. And so when a kid goes to school, we're prepping them for what they're going to do. And that's important. But that's not most important. What's most important is, is who are they going to be? Who are they going to be? And what John learned was that he is a child of God, and he put his faith in Jesus, and that defines who he is. And that's a much more important question. Not enough places in our world are asking people, what kind of person, who are you going to be? What's your identity? And uh, you guys had a chance to hear a little bit of these stories right now about what's going on, but I don't want you to miss uh, what has been a rallying cry for this team of students and leaders for the last uh, six, eight months, really. Melissa, you've been on this journey. I want to take you to 2 Timothy 1, verse 17. Now, there's a dozen verses in the Bible that deal with this, this, past, uh, this concept, but here it is. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind, not fear. And I watch students and leaders jump over their fear by the power of God and press into who they are, who God defines them as. And it's a pretty powerful thing. Honestly, I would love for all of you who are older to be able to go to an experience like this and discover with new depth and new vitality what it means to be God's son or God's daughter. And I'd like for you to be able to rally yourself with God's help that you don't have to walk in fear. You don't have to walk in fear. There's power that comes from walking with Christ. There's a love that goes beyond your human ability. And there is a reasonableness, a, a peace, a sound mind that can come to you because of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished in this world. Now, at the family time, at the end of Wednesday night, Melissa shared with everybody a, a concept called the Air Five. The Air <laughs> Five. And I got to watch... As a pastor, some kids do some pretty incredible things. Tell everybody what the Air 5 is and what you guys did with that. All right, so the Air 5 was this. At night, that night, we had, um, I invited students to call out something amazing they saw one of their peers do that day. So it doesn't have to be someone they always hang out with, but somebody in the group, what did you see? And then let's celebrate it. And so what would happen is one of the kids would stand up and they'd say, you know, Lydia today, I saw her doing this and it was great. And she, and then everybody, you know, stood up or, or put their hand up. Lydia would put her hand up and at the count of three, everybody air fived her. So it was one, two, three, air five. Well, I figured we might get one or two kids to do it. Nope. It kept going and going and going. We actually had to cut it off. It was amazing to see them all encouraging each other and lifting each other up and just celebrating all that God was doing in each other. Well, it's powerful when encouragement's a part of a culture. And um, you saw that happen with yeah. your team. But I would like for you, Four Corners, to help me give an air five. So if you're a student or a student leader in the room, would you raise your hand up real good? As a church, we are so proud of you for stepping out, for investing in yourselves and in others. Four Corners, now would you give them an air five on the count of three? You say air five. One, two, three. Air, air five. five. And now would you give them a hand clap and say thank you to them. Right. We're so proud of you guys. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Now, Melissa, we're talking about fear and not being afraid. And this is important because the story that happened in this week in the lives of students 
um, has a mirror almost in your life. God has been teaching you some things about fear and boldness and stepping out as well. Why don't you catch people up to that story for a few minutes before we tell them what's going on? Okay, so I've been in student ministry for 13 years. It's my favorite thing. I love them. I could spend eternity in heaven with all these teenagers and be more than happy. But the last few months, we started going through some trainings as a church team, as a family, these guys. Um, we started going through um, some trainings about church membership and about some other exciting things coming up for adult ministry. And I started catching myself getting really excited about that um, while I was still very excited about my students. And then um, lately, I, I, I was teaching the kids about, like I said, Paul and how he was letting God direct his path and how if he hadn't done that, how do we know it would have happened in Philippi and all these things? Or, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. And at the same time, I'm teaching all these things to our kids. God starts stirring stuff in me, and I didn't like it at all. Um, and, I, and I thought of that whole eagle nest thing that they talk about where the baby eagles are in the nest, and um, the mom wants them out. And so she starts picking at the nest and making the sharp uh, twigs stick out so when the babies are sitting in there, they're uncomfortable and they're getting poked. And so eventually they hop out of the nest. Well, um, student ministry's always kind of been my nest, and I started thinking about that way, and, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm, not, I'm putting that aside, fear, 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 fear. Well, they went to India, and I was leading our staff meeting, um, and uh, I, I was talking about um, running this race, this endurance we need to run the race that God has set before us. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to go around the table and just ask everyone at our st in our staff, what type of race are you running right now? You know, and I thought maybe one or two might answer, but it turned into one of the most powerful moments I've ever had here in our staff meeting, and these guys weren't even there. Thank and you. Sorry. Thank you. It was awesome. You missed it. But so, so we're going around, and literally we've got, you know, oh, I, I'm running the 800 because I can't sprint and I can't long because I've got this other stuff going on, or I'm running down a hill and my legs are going out from under me, or, or hurdles or different things, and it comes around to me, and they all kind of cock their head like, well, what is it? Well, I hadn't even thought about this and God literally spoke through me or to me in that moment and I said you know I had a runner's high one time go figure I've never had another one but I've had it one time so I'm running and it doesn't hurt anymore and I'm excited and I'm literally a chair as a fire plate in the background of my head and I'm running through my neighborhood and I'm like yes this is what it's like this is so cool um, and I come to my street and I'm st I can either keep running or I could go home and I was in this like moment where God was going go 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 and I ran up my cul-de-sac street. And I'm telling the staff this, and I'm like, and I could see some of them looking at me funny, and, and it hit me like a ton of bricks that these are my, this is my cul-de-sac. And I, you, you want to take it? Yeah. Because I'm going to lose it. Sorry. So, okay. So Melissa's not leaving. No. But we are making a transition. The rest of the story goes like this. We had a staff transition several months ago, and it left a, a vacancy on the team, and so... Pastor Will and Melissa and other members of the team have been picking up slack from that transition. We're just missing a, a key player in adult ministries. And so uh, as Melissa has been picking up some of those pieces, there's been an obvious joy and an effectiveness. She's both been happy and she's been pretty effective at much of the pieces that have fallen on her plate with adult ministries. So I'm watching this and internally I'm thinking, man, I'd like to have a whole lot more of this. And I thought, I wonder if Melissa would ever be willing to like do adult ministries. And I thought, well, no, that's stupid. I've still got two kids in the youth ministry. She's doing a great job. I won't say anything, right? And, uh, but it's, it's there. It's like it's churning. And we get back from India and um, a few weeks pass and I'm on my way to the office and I get an early morning text from Melissa where she says, can we talk? Now, my staff knows we can talk. So that's never the question, can we talk? The question is, is can we talk now? So um, I said, hey, I'm about to pass Waffle House, pull in, I'll buy you a $2 coffee and hear what you got to say. And I'm sitting there, I got there a little bit early and I'm thinking, I think I know what this is. So when she walks in and they know me enough, we can make mistakes when we talk, but I kind of said to her, not sure why, I think it was the Lord was in it. And I said, hey, and she's walking towards the table. And <laughs> I said, hey, Melissa, since you're not quitting and you only want to change positions, what role do you want on the staff? Before and she started I crying. She started crying. I'm like, it's okay, right? Did I get that right? She's like, yes. And I'm like, so what do you want to do? She's like, and I'm, I'm praying, God, please don't let her say senior pastor. Um, 
because that would get awkward. Or worship. That would get awkward real quick. And she says, I'm really loving this adult ministry stuff. And I'm like, so I just breathed in and thanked the Lord for being with us in the process. And I said, look, there's a lot of cascading implications, but I want to move you where you want to move. And if that's what you want to do, if you'll help us. So bottom line is, is Melissa's not leaving, but she's transitioning to adult ministries. And as of Wednesday, our church is in a full public search for a new youth pastor. Melissa will serve as coach and guide for a year. In fact, she's going to, con- she's going to lead next year's student camp. So get ready. We're going again. So uh, it, it's good. And uh, we're not losing her DNA or her leadership. Her role will shift. Our goal, uh, what will happen is, is we'll get several hundred resumes, not dozens, hundreds. And if you have a, a friend or a, a somebody you know that's good at this, have them go to, you might want to write this down, churchstaffing.com. It's kind of like the monster of church, the church world. It's where everybody goes to get a job. Churchstaffing.com. Whenever I see that website on up, as I walk by the computers in the office, I get really nervous. All right? <laughs> Churchstaffing.com. But beginning Wednesday, that post, that job offering will be there. We're looking for a full-time position, uh, about 90% in student ministries, but everybody does a few other things. And um, when I shared this with the core staff, uh, we were excited for Melissa because it's true. She's been walking and pressing all of us towards boldness, and now she was stepping out. She wasn't turning into the cul-de-sac. She was going to continue the run, and we couldn't be more proud of her. And when we shared this with a handful of student leaders uh, the other day, there was genuine excitement for her uh, as well. And so Four Corners, um, we have a new team member we're going to bring on. Our goal, again, is to land on that person in the next few days and by August 15th be there. Now, the person is more important than the deadline, but that's the deadline we're shooting for. And um, Melissa will provide some general oversight for that. Now, now, Will, real quickly as a side note, um, tell everybody about your excitement um, for what God's been doing around our staff table with boldness. And tell everybody about the little bold step you're going to be taking here soon. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I will talk about that. I'm excited uh, for Melissa in this role, but what's so cool, honestly, uh, as I go into my eighth year here at Four Corners, is Pastor Ben has made an environment, a staff culture, where it's normal and okay to say, hey, I know you're my boss, but the Lord is leading me, and I'm, 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 I'm wrestling with these things. Can we talk about it? That's not a normal thing, probably at where you work, but in church culture in general, it's kind of like keep your head down, keep working, and when you want to transition, you transition, and you transition fast. But in this case, and what's so cool with Melissa is we're office mates. So I have my office, and then right next door is Melissa, Melissa, and we have an open-air concept kind of thing, so I can throw over stuff to her office, and she can throw over things to mine, and we can, we can chat, but it's a unique opportunity for us, and uh, Pastor Ben has made it so clear that we can come to him and say, hey, uh, I'm being challenged by the Lord to do this, and that's what's happening here. So as a staff member, I'm excited. As a church member, I'm excited to see not only you jump into a new role, but also the opportunity that exists for the student uh, position as well. Me and it's, too. it's a big family. I and mean, that's kind of how we operate as a staff, but also down to our volunteer teams. It's a family around here. Uh, we treat each other as family. There's dynamics that happen in families. Uh, but yeah, I'm starting to preach. And then the other thing is, uh, so, <laughs> so, so, so uh, Pastor Ben has given me the opportunity to speak here July 2nd, uh, coming up in a couple weeks. So don't come. You can, uh, you <laughs> can go come. anywhere else. Uh, I'm really honored to do that. Um, and we're going to be talking about kind of living a life on purpose, something I felt that was uh, learned at, at camp some, that follow, following God's call is, is really of utmost importance. And I'm excited, Ben. So the your, word's out. Your dad's helping you with this, He right? is, yes. For so those that don't know, your dad's a great godly man, a pastor. He's in Arizona, but he was here for 21 years in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we're really excited. Now, if it's good, he gets credit. And if yes. you bomb, it's all on you. Yes. It's on yes, you, man. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. Melissa, what are you excited for in this new role? I'm really excited about taking the same caliber of programming that we have in kids and in students, our teams that are amazing, and actually starting that with adults. And I can't think of enough enough I can't think of another way to help our kids and our students more than to strengthen their families yes. and to fire up their families. I can't I can't think of another way to do it. And so as I've been kind of 
rolling into this slowly behind the scenes, um, the things that I have found that you guys are going to love is going to be just so much fun. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. We had a big calendar meeting where we've worked through basically all of 2018 and uh, the new initiatives that are coming. And one of those is this membership. In fact, there are four experiences of growth Mm -hmm. and discipleship that will have the membership experience is just one of them, right? Right. And so those will begin rolling out uh, before the end of the year as well. So between now and August 15, they will stay where they are. Will is a major help on Sunday night. He brings the message mostly to our students on Sunday night. Melissa does that mostly on Sunday morning. Uh, They have other people who do a big part of carrying a lot of that load as well. Many of them are down here right now. So until then, and then of course, if we don't have our right person by the 15th of August, they'll continue. We'll figure out the the, the next steps. Because again, we're looking for a person with the right character, the right, uh, you know, uh, abilities and skills, as well as just the chemistry, the fit on our team, which is actually the hardest one to figure out. Um, we have a special thing here, and we don't want to screw it up with the wrong person. And so we're committed to finding a high-caliber, high-quality, called person to step in and partner with this team and with you in the good work God's doing and our students, and we're very, very excited about it. Melissa, I couldn't be more proud of you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for obeying God. Thank you for the investments you've made in our students. As a dad now, not just as a pastor, I'm not nervous, but I'm glad that your DNA and general coaching will be available because you've done such a great job. I want my other two kids to come through that all the way. So thanks for not going anywhere. But I'm excited for you to step out. I have never regretted stepping out to follow God. I have been scared to death, but I've never regretted it. And so I'll say to you one of your favorite verses from Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not fear, press through. God will be with you. He will give you power, love, and a sound mind, and you're going to build a great team, and we're all going to be better for it. Can you guys all help me say thank you to these two great leaders and to Melissa especially? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, again, if you have a, a friend or somebody in ministry, you want them to be an applicant for this job, please don't send it to me. Honestly, send it to churchstaffing.com. You'll save me a lot of extra steps. You'll help us vet as quickly as possible. And I suspect in just a matter of a few weeks, we're going to have a few good candidates. Now, even though it wasn't a normal service, would you please pull out your Connect card? And let's talk about moving forward. Because we've been talking a lot about church family, but it could be that you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never come to that point where you put your trust in him like John did. And you might be processing, you might be on the verge, you may have gone through some motions. But I want to give you a chance right now to look to your Heavenly Father and say, I want to be a part of your family. The Bible says when you do that, it's a very simple process. In fact, it's not even much that you do. It's an acknowledgement. God, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I know it doesn't sound polite, but that's what we are. We're not perfect. And I can't save myself. I need a Savior. I don't just need good advice. I don't need to get better. I need a Savior, somebody to rescue me from the penalty of my sins. The Bible says that's all of our condition. And then the Bible says that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world, who gave his life on a cross and was resurrected from the tomb. And because of the work that Jesus did on his cross and in his resurrection, because of that work, not our work, but because of the work of Jesus, we can have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we're asked in Scripture to put our faith in Jesus and the work he did. If you're ready to do that, we'd ask you to take your pen and check next step A. It says, today I'm making Jesus my Savior or forgiver and Lord, which is simply another word for the leader of my life. And we'd ask you to put that card in the offering bucket when it comes by at the end of our service. And when I pray in a minute, you can talk to God about that. And you can say to God, God, forgive me. I want you to lead my life. I want to follow you. Or maybe you want to get baptized. In a few weeks, as you might imagine, we're going to have a baptism because several students moved forward in their faith and there are a few adults as well. And if you've done that, if you've committed your life to Jesus but haven't gotten baptized yet, you can check the box. We'll talk to you. Um, We'll talk to you about that. Answer your questions and see if you're ready to go public with your faith. And what you'll find here is this church family will love and support you. We'll be proud of you. We see baptism as a fresh start and all that old stuff is gone and it's a brand new day through the power of Christ. The next step, C, deals with what we've talked about. And it says, I'll pray for our 4C students, for God to grip their hearts and give them a vision of life with and for Him. And I'm asking every Four Corners person to take this step. This is a core value for us, investing in the next generation. 
it will not change. How we do it will shift. The leaders will change. But that value that we have that we started this church with does not change. And we're going to make it a matter of prayer for the next few weeks. Now, next step D is a little bit more pointed on our particular transition. It says, I'll pray for our search for a new student ministry leader and for growth in adult ministries. We want to bring quality experiences and opportunities for you to grow as an adult. And as Melissa said, we believe the best way to help students is to fire up moms and dads, grandparents and aunts and uncles, and watch God bring revival to families. The next step E is that membership thing I was telling you about. It says, sign me up for Four C's membership experience on Sunday, June 25, 4 p.m. to 7.30. Again, we'll feed you dinner. We have a long conversation at the end of it. You'll be able to decide if you want to be a member, formally a part of this church family. But you'll have all the information on what that means biblically and practically in the life of this congregation. Let's pray about these things right now. Father, I want to thank you for the good work that you have done this week in the lives of our students, our student leaders, our pastoral team. God, we are in awe of how you are so faithful to show up. God, it's true that every time we make ourselves available to you, you're there. God, I pray that the seeds that were planted in the lives of students and leaders this week, that they would grow that your work would flourish in their life, in their calling as they discover their purpose, as they discover who they are even more than they discover what they're gonna do with the time of their life that you give them. But God, would you please not let it stop with our students? Would you help every adult in this room, every mom and dad perhaps of students who went on a trip, moms and dads who didn't, every person who doesn't have a child? God, would you help all of the adults in this room to have a powerful encounter with you as we open our hearts to you, even right now, Father. I join with those that are declaring, Jesus, save me, wash away my sins. I have nothing to bring you, so I trust the work that you have accomplished on the cross and in your resurrection to secure my relationship to my heavenly Father. Father, as we move forward as a congregation, we look for a new team member. Would you guide our steps? Would you give us wisdom and favor? Even now, would you begin preparing the heart of that person that you have for us? And Father, we thank you once again for the good work you're going to do. We look forward to how you're speaking life into this community through this church. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, God's strong and holy son. Amen and amen.